So Pastor Jay asked me to speak several weeks ago, and I knew we were going to be in Joshua, and he told me we were going to be in Joshua 10. So that's kind of where I'm prepared today, but he didn't quite get get through Joshua 7. So um, (laughs) we're going to kind of skim through 8 and 9 so that we can get to 10, but just bear with me. Um, On the app... Okay, I'm usually in the back, so if you already know about the app and how awesome it is and all that stuff. But David texted me last night, he's like, all your stuff is ready on the app. And I was like, what? So you go to the app and get on your little sermon and audio notes, and on the sermon notes, the Bible verses are already there for you. You don't even have to open your virtual Bible and, like, you know, find Joshua. But if you want to, you can do that too. I've entitled this message, Sunny Skies Ahead. Um, as you'll see when we get to Joshua 10, um, that's, that's what it's about. But we're going to start in Joshua 8. And it's going to be kind of heavy reading, sorry. But I always feel like if I am ill-prepared, which you always feel you're ill-prepared up here. It's like you can do everything you think you want to do. Um, and then you get up here and you're like, Lord, help me. Because, you know, his word is alive. I know that. I feel like the Bible is such an incredible book. Before I um, was here and helping with the kids and stuff, I was a teacher, if you don't, if you don't know that. Um, I taught 6th, 7th, 8th, and ninth grade. I, was, I am double certified in math and communication arts. So lots of reading, lots of public speaking, I guess, with kiddos. And, um, but God's Word is so different. It's unlike any other book. It's unlike any other you know, piece of material. You can read it pull something out of it, read it weeks later, and see something completely different. Because it's always, it's always changing, and it's always revealing new things in your life. And so when I, when I read God's Word, um, I try to take it pretty literally and just, you know, open up my heart and think about what God wants me to see this time. And so I'm going to walk through the verses just like I would um, with you or just like I might with, you know, some of my older elementary kids back there and just see what God speaks to us because I feel like what I can't do, he can. So um, I think I have a picture up there of my kiddos. I was going to, in case you don't ever get in the back. So Jeff is my husband. We've been married almost 13 years. And I know we could have done less time for murder probably. And then <laughs> Joa is over here. He is getting ready to turn nine. Jana just turned seven. And then Susie J is 16, 17 months. She's walking and doing some talking. And she is just kind of what keeps us um, on our toes right now. So, so we're going to start in Joshua 8. And, okay, I don't know if you guys have ever read books or maybe your kids bring home books or whatever like the American girl books where it has the pictures of the characters in the front and you can go and see like oh the mom the dad the aunt it says like this is Aunt Matilda she's going to be coming to visit Samantha and you know chapter blah 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 I feel like that's what I need in the beginning of Joshua it's like oh king of AI going to find his body impaled in chapter eight like you know because you read through this and you think okay the ites and the ites and the ites and the ites you're like wait who was that and where okay they're where and so I feel like I kind of need a map at the beginning, but I, I go through it and um, try to figure out what all the Lord is saying to me. So we're starting at the beginning of, of Joshua 8, and he says again so many times, um, rephrasing, you know, be strong and courageous, do not fear. The Lord works in the supernatural, and we don't. 
So we have that element of fear of what's going to happen, of we don't know um, if God's going to come through on this. And so he tells Joshua so many times. And I can't help but thinking that he's telling me the same thing, knowing that I put my trust in him. So do not fear and do not be dismayed. Take all the fighting men. And he's saying this because in the previous chapter, if you have been here, Achan stole the plunder. Joshua had to call him out, and they stoned Achan. So as a leader, I, I can just imagine how disheartening that would be to have had you know, a person in your, in your care that you had to trust with moving with you in an army. I mean, he's leading these people. That's, it's disappointing. You might have self-doubt as to whether you did some of the right things, whether you governed well. So um, take all the fighting men with you and arise, go up to see Ai. See, I've given into your hand the king of Ai and his people, his city and his land, and you shall do to Ai and its king as you did to Jericho and its king. Only its spoil and its livestock you shall take as plunder for yourselves. Yes, Lord. All right. Um, A lot better than the one that said don't touch anything. Um, So here he goes. He's getting ready to take all of his men. They're going to create this plan. Some of them are going to the front. Some of them are going to the back. The ones are going to go in the front, going to call out the people of AI. They're all going to go out, thinking all, they're sending all their fighting men, while the, the second set of fighters set the city on fire. They take it over, no problem whatsoever. Awesome. Okay, we're skimming. It's a good word. So go all the way down to the end. They have beat the snot out of them, so to speak. And we get down to verse 30. And it says, at that time, Joshua built an altar to the Lord, the God of Israel on Mount Ebal, just as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded the people of Israel, as it is written in the book of the law of Moses, an altar of uncut stones upon which no man has wielded an iron tool. And they offered on it burnt offerings to the Lord and sacrificed peace offerings. And there in the presence of the people of Israel, he wrote on the stones a copy of the law of Moses, which he had written. It's this next part that I feel like is very important to me. And all Israel, sojourner as well as native-born, with their elders and officers and their judges, stood on opposite sides of the ark before the Levitical priests who carried the ark of the covenant of the Lord, half of them on front of the mount and half of them on front of the mount, just as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded at first to bless the people of Israel. And afterward, he read all the words of the law, the blessing and the curse, According to all that is written in the book of the law, there was not a word of all that Moses commanded that Joshua did not read before all the assembly of Israel and the women and the little ones and the sojourners who lived among them. So they got done with this incredible victory, and they stopped to give thanks and to give praise. I feel like this is so pivotal to the next point in the story because they all came together. And you've got these mighty warriors, you've got these people who are following the commands of God, and they're bringing in people who have watched what they've done, who have heard about what they've done, who are sojourners, who are just passing through in their life right now, checking out what's happening right there. They brought the kids, they brought the women, they brought everybody to read the law of Moses, which would have gone through the great things that God has done up to this point. And the reason I feel like that's so important is because they stopped and they took the time to pass on to the next generation, to the people around them, to um, 
just people passing through their testimony. And I, I feel like I especially am so quick just to like, oh, that was awesome. Thanks, God. Like, move on. You know, we want to move on to that next thing. Maybe we don't even take the time. I know I'm guilty of not taking the time to thank the Lord for some of the things that I've prayed for and he's answered. And I think, hot dog, and move on. But to really just revel in the fact that he is so omnipotent, that he is so caring, that he listens, that when he commands something and you are obedient to him, he follows through and he meets you right where you are. He met their need for overtaking AI because Joshua was obedient in following through God's plan. And the kids that we have in our lives, I mean, obviously this is dear to my heart, but, but you know, that's because I have kids and someday hopefully I'll have grandkids and, and I have, you know, people who are passing through my life who, they're, they're there seasonally, but maybe that's, that's the encouragement that they need to move on to the next season of their life is to, to hear about the things that God has done in mine. And so passing on those things, not, not just skimming over them, not just, you know, thinking, yeah, Lord, but really just, this is my altar, God. This is, this is my praise, and I'm lifting it up to you, and I'm sharing it with the people around me. It may seem little to them. It may seem big to them. You don't know. You don't know the impact that the words can have. I know people have said things to me, not even knowing that I'm going to stash those in my head, and I'm going to think, Lord, you've done that for this person. And I am standing in, in need right now, and I'm believing. So... In your thoughts, and I put some questions together because I know in fusion groups, a lot of times people will go through their questions. If you don't have fusion group, you should get one. I'm just going to go ahead and plug that. I love the ladies, or the men are okay too, but (laughs) I love the ladies in our fusion group. It's just so nice to get to know people who you get to know every day, in and day out, and you know that they're just as crazy as you are. <laughs> and you can share things, and you can um, just be real with them. It's so nice. So, um, moving on. Get a fusion group. Moving on to nine. So everybody hears about it. They were good gossipers. As soon as all the kings who were beyond the Jordan in the hill country and in the lowland along the coast of the great sea toward Lebanon, 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 anybody? Missouri? Okay. The Hittites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, God bless you, heard all of this. They gathered together as one to fight against Joshua and Israel. But when the inhabitants of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done to Jericho and I, they on their part acted with cunning and went and made ready provisions and took worn out sacks for their donkeys and wineskins, worn out and torn and mended and worn out patched sandals on their feet and worn out clothes. And all their provisions were dry and crumbly. That makes me laugh. Like, get out all your old stuff. Hit up the Goodwills. Let's get all the junk we can put on ourselves. Because they're going to go and fool them into thinking that they live close, uh, they live far away. And so they come with their little uh, sacks and their bread. And they're like, look, our bread is moldy. It was fresh when we left. We've been so far. And they trick the um, Joshua 
into making a peace treaty with them. Now, God had already told Joshua that they were to wipe out everybody in the area. But somebody comes to you, and they're like, we're going to be your servants. Look, we live so far away. It won't matter. God didn't tell you to wipe us out. We live way over there. And it seems like a really good idea. Like, hmm, we could use some servants. We do need people to carry the water to the altars. And it seems like a great idea. And there's a specific line in here that says, um, skimming again. Okay, 11-ish. So our elders and all the inhabitants of our country said to us, take provisions in the hand for the journey and go meet them and say, we are your servants. Come now, make a covenant with us. Oh yeah, I told you. Here's the bread. It was still warm. We took from the house. And now it's all dry and crumbly. And um, if you go down to 15... It says, 14, I lied, sorry. So the men took some of their provisions, but did not ask counsel from the Lord. It seemed like a logical thing to do. It seemed like, yeah, why not? We need that. And they're asking for peace. I mean, truly, God is a God of peace, right? We need some peace in our lives right now. I mean, I'm sure they talked to each other like, yeah, that, that'd be good. But they didn't seek the Lord. And how important it is just for every little aspect of your life to say, God, what are you thinking? I know what I'm thinking, but what are you thinking? Because God's ways do not have to be logical. His thoughts are higher than our our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. And the things that make sense to us may not be in his plan. He does not, he looks down on this earth, and I just have to think that he sees things in the supernatural realm always. And we live in the supernatural realm, but what we see is physical. And the physical things are where our flesh gets caught up. We see servants, and we think, that sounds good. And we see the moldy bread, and we think, sure, they have come from far away. And we look at these lies and think they look good. But if we start seeking things in the supernatural, God starts revealing things to us that we wouldn't have seen otherwise. And so they make the peace treaty. They didn't seek the Lord. They made the peace treaty. And so um, at the end of three days, this is uh, verse 16, after they had made a covenant with them, they heard that they were neighbors, and that they lived among them. And the people of Israel set out and reached their cities on the third day. And they didn't attack them, because they had sworn to them by the Lord that they would not attack them. So they honored their word. But they asked them, why? This is uh, verse 22. Why did you deceive us, saying, we are very far from you when you dwell among us? Now therefore you are cursed, and some of you shall never be anything but servants, cutters of wood, and drawers of water for the house of my God. It dawned on me when I was reading this that there's such a difference between smart and wise. Smart comes from experiences you have, from knowledge you've gained, from, you know, just experience, really. And the experience of Gibeon was that Joshua was going to take them all out. 
So they used what they knew and fooled Joshua. And Joshua used his smart to make the peace treaty. But wisdom is another dimension. Wisdom comes from the Lord. And the Bible says several times that God will give wisdom to the people who seek it. That that's not something you have to have a piece of paper for, that that's not something you earn, but that God will grant wisdom to those who seek it. I wish, I wish there was like a little split here. Like, had they sought the Lord, this is, the, this is what would have happened. And, you know, the story that we have is they didn't seek the Lord, so now we know what happened in response to that. Because the Gibeonites, they ended up being cursed and serve, it says, until this day, um, you know, under, under the people. And so their fate was really set by the choices that they made. Um, but Israel's, their choice, choice was also set because they made the peace treaty, they had to honor it. Okay, so, um, 25. And now, behold, we are in your hand. Whatever seems good and right in your sight to do to us, do it. So we did this to them and delivered them out of the hand of the people of Israel, and they did not kill them. So they honored their, their agreement. But Joshua made them that day cutters of wood and drawers of water for the congregation and for the altar of the Lord to this day in the place that he would choose. Now we're in 10. This is when it gets really good. As soon as Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem, heard how Joshua had captured Ai and had devoted it to destruction, doing to Ai and its king as he had done to Jericho and its king, and how the inhabitants of Gibeon had made peace treaty with Israel and were among them, he feared greatly because Gibeon was a great city like one of the royal cities, and because it was greater than Ai and all its men were warriors. I told you they were good gossipers. So Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem, sent to Hohem, king of Hebron, and Piram, king of Jarmuth, to Japhia, king of Lachish, and to Debir, king of Eglon. Basically, he called up all his buddies. Like, have you heard? Have you heard? Have you heard? Okay, what are we going to do? Come up to me and help me, and let us strike Gibeon. For it has made peace with Joshua and with the people of Israel. Then the five kings of the Amorites, the king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, the king of Jarmuth, the king of Lachish, and the king of Eglon, gathered their forces and went up with all their armies and encamped against Gibeon and made war against it. They were the weakest link. (laughs) Because they had made peace with them, they knew that Joshua was going to have to come to their aid, so they're going to attack them. Joshua is thinking... Man, I wish I would have sought the Lord on that one. And the men of Gibeon said to Joshua at the camp of Gilgal, saying, Do not relax your hand from your servants. Come up quickly to us. Save us and help us, for all the kings of the Amorites who dwell in the hill country are gathered against us. Help, help. So Joshua went up from Gilgal, he and all the people of war with him, and all the mighty men of valor. And the Lord said to Joshua, here it is again, Do not fear them. For I have given them into your hands. Not a man of them shall stand before you. 
So Joshua came upon them suddenly, having marched up all night from Gilgal. And the Lord threw them into a panic before Israel, who struck them with a great blow at Gibeon and chased them by the way of the ascent of Beth Horon and struck them as far as Azekah and Makeda. We should love all those names. And as they fled before Israel, while they were going down to the ascent, the Lord threw down large stones from heaven on them as far as Azekah, and they died. There were more who died because of the hailstones than the sons of Israel killed with the sword. Don't you love it when God's on your side? Like, we've been up all night, and we're chasing them. Lord, if you could just throw those hailstones down now, that'd be good. Cue. And he killed more of them than they did. So awesome. At that time, Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord gave the Amorites over to the sons of Israel, and he said, in the sight of Israel, so he's praying in front of them, no pressure, God, but I need you to answer this because I'm saying it in front of the people. Sun, stand still at Gibeon, and moon in the valley of Ajalon. And the sun stood still, and the moon stopped, until the nation took vengeance on their enemies. Woo! Okay, this is the best part. You don't seem as excited as I am, but I'll pretend you're saying it in your head. They've been up all night. They're fighting. My prayer would have been, Lord, if you could just find me an affordable holiday inn where I could sleep good, I'll deal with this tomorrow. But no, Joshua had a command from the Lord that, and a promise, that not one of these men was going to be left standing. The sun's going down. We're losing time. Lord, I've got all these enemies and you see them and you told me what was going to happen. Have you ever had something you really felt like the Lord had asked you to do or asked you to be or whatever, and it wasn't working out, and you start second-guessing? Like, Lord, I don't know if you wanted me to take that job because right now everybody is getting on my last nerve. Or, Lord, I know you gave me these kids, but if you could wipe their snotty noses for me and make them behave in Target, I'd be really grateful. (laughs) You get to the point where you're like, God, I don't feel like you're coming through right now. But what is your prayer? He could have prayed for so many things. They're getting ready to be under the cover of darkness, so the fear is that these people are going to get away, and he's not going to have defeated all of them. I don't even know where I would start, but I don't think it would be with, if you could just let the sun stand still. I've been up all night already, so I'm probably like, it's getting to be 7 o'clock. I'm like, mm, it's bath time. I'm looking forward to bed tonight. But he, he prays a commanding prayer. It, it didn't even start with, God, if you could, you've seen that we've been trying. We're doing all the things. If you could throw down some more hail, that'd be great. I'll take more hail. Like, I just, the impossibility that he started with in his prayer. I don't know if he was crazy at that point. And God just honored it because he knew the state of mind that he was in. Because that's how I feel like I am sometimes. Or if he really just had, and I have to believe truly, that he has seen, they just read the law of Moses. They just reviewed all of those things that the Lord had done that were impossible. He had parted the Red Sea. He had provided manna. 
he had done all of the things that they asked for. So if I'm going to ask, I'm going to go ahead with sun stand still. Moon, you stick it out over there for a minute. We got people to clean up. Just the audacity to pray that. And I mean, I'm just Hannah Vale. And he's Joshua, and he has a book named after him in the Bible, so I know the rest of the story. But my God is the same God. And I believe, literally, I don't know if the world stops spinning. I don't know if every, I mean, I have thought, I'd like to be the person on the other side who got sleep longer. Like, if I'm going to get, you know, if I'm choosing from spring ahead or fall back, I'm going to go with fall back. (laughs) But if I'm going to start asking the Lord for things, I'm going to start with what I feel like the Lord has called me to do, the things that are impossible start there. Why not? If God has made the sun stand still in the sky for somebody, my kids can make it through target aisles. <laughs> he, he didn't just, you know, whimsically, Lord, these are my list of things that I'd like. Joshua had first been obedient He knew what the Lord had asked of him. He knew the promise the Lord had given him. He was obedient, and he operated in that. And so he knew that one way or another, God was going to come through. He had lived on those testimonies. He had gone forward in the commands that God had given him. And then when it came down to it, He asked God for the impossible. And God honored it. I love that. So, and it says, is this not written in the book of Jashar? Like, there are other people who know it's true. The sun stopped in the midst of heaven and did not hurry to set for about a whole day. There has been no day like it before or since. When the Lord heeded the voice of a man, for the Lord fought for Israel. So Joshua returned, and all Israel with him, to the camp at Gilgal. Man, what a story they had to tell at that point. I mean, it's like if all these things in the law of Moses weren't good enough, the Lord gave us an extra 24 hours, whatever, I don't know, ish, about a day, you know. And they fought They did not give up. They made it happen. So I'm thinking through this. I'm like, Lord, what have you asked of me? And I I was reading some things um, about, you know, hearing from God. And and my kids recently have, have asked, or my son anyways, my daughter's very literal still. But, you know, what, what does it sound like when you hear from God? And I think as adults, we still have those same questions. We just maybe don't ask them. Or maybe you do, I don't know. I do. And um, 
this man who had started a church and, you know, had, had prayed through a lot of things and was doing what he felt like the Lord asked him to do, even though he was going to a place where it didn't seem like that was going to be a possibility and where people around him were discouraging and where he had a list of reasons why he may not have moved forward with what he felt like the Lord had asked him. And he was saying that um, his dream, his inspiration had started as just a seed of thought. But then you turn that over to God and you say, God, this is what I think is a good idea. And God will meet you there. God can make those seemingly impossible things possible. And God gives divine inspiration. I don't, I don't know about you because I know that I have talked to people who have heard from the Lord and felt like they've heard an audible voice there's been one time in my life where I felt like I had heard, I heard from the Lord to the point where I turned around to see who was speaking to me. But most of the time, it's not that way. Most of the time, it's, I had an idea, and I'm going to think through that, and I'm going to pray about that. I'm going to see how God works in that. Not that I'm going to sit back and do nothing. Joshua didn't do nothing. But we're going to follow the, you know, in obedience to the Lord. And see where the Lord takes that. I'm going to, uh, probably some people have heard this story. Um, maybe, I don't know. So after Jana was born, um, I was teaching. And I had Joah and Jana. They were, both of them were under two. Joah, we knew we wanted. We knew he was coming. Jana, we're just still not sure how she got here. <laughs> and we love that she is here. But man was that some busy time. And, you know, we're, we're dealing in the, the natural, and I'm teaching, and daycare is super expensive, and I know that I'm basically going to be teaching just to send my kids to daycare. So we start thinking through some things, and that seemed like an impossible situation. Let me tell you, when you're looking at books, you're looking at finances, you're looking at health care, you're looking at all of the things that you need to provide for your family. And I felt like the Lord said, that I needed to start a daycare at home. Let me tell you, that was the craziest, most farthest thing from my mind. I taught middle school, guys. We were cool. And we did algebra and writing. And um, I will never forget going in to talk to my principal and tell him that I was not going to be teaching that next year. Jeff and I had prayed about it, but it was one of those prayers you're like, Lord, <laughs> please no, but okay, if, you're, if it's going to happen, let's just do it, and please make it, like, clear to me. So um, I did it. I, I quit teaching, which is something I never thought I would do. Um, and I started watching kids at home, the craziest, busiest, but very, very rewarding work in my life. Um, I had, we had started attending here right after Jana was born. Loved the people here. Like, it's all of you. Love ya. And, um, you know, just, just real people, genuine people. I didn't feel like I had to be something I wasn't, because I'm not. Um, and Jay had kind of said, hey, well, it wasn't Jay. I volunteered to help in the back. And, and you know how that works. It's like, oh, you want to do that? Well, you can do this, too. <laughs> So, so I started helping, and Jay had kind of mentioned, you know, oh, we should, you should just put kids back here, and I thought, nope, 
that seemed like the biggest, just, I don't, I don't even know. Like, it just seemed so impossible. It was daunting. And I thought, no, I'm just going to stay at home for a couple more years, and I'm going to go back to teaching. Um, well, I started praying about it. <laughs> don't you love heaven? <laughs> like, God just starts putting things on your mind, so you're like, hmm, better review with you, Lord. And um, he started giving me this dream that I was in my house, and he wanted me to turn the doorknob and, and leave, and the house was on fire. So I had it a couple times, and I talked to Jeff about it, and I was like, hey, I had this dream. He's like, you eat way too much crap before you go to bed. <laughs> like, okay, no affirmation. Thank you. I'm going to go about my life. So about the span of like a year during all of this, and my son was four, and he came into my room one morning, just, you know, moseying into my bathroom, going to gonna go, first woke up. He goes, Mom, I got to tell you what I sleeped about. And I was like, did you have a dream? We'd never use that word, you know, things you think about in your head while you're sleeping. It's so strange to, like, try to describe that to somebody, especially a kid. He goes, yeah, I got to tell you what I sleeped about. You were in the house, and it was on fire, and you didn't turn the doorknob. I'm like... Thank you, Jesus. I mean, I was like teared up, standing, getting ready for the day. So I thought, Lord, okay. So I called Jay, Pastor Jay, that day. You know those conversations you want to have, but you don't even know where to start? He answered the phone, and I went, okay. <laughs> like, do, do I tell you that I've had this weird dream and... My son had this weird dream, so I'm going to need to talk to you about it. I don't know. It just all seemed like things I couldn't have put together. You can't put together the innocence of a child and whatever. So then, you know, you go, start going through paperwork. Sorry, I'm, I'm getting off on this, but there is a point, I promise. You start doing paperwork, and it's going to take six months to a year to, to license. And, you know, you have to do all of these things and plumbing and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, God, if you want this to happen, you're going to have to do it. That was in May of 2014, and we opened our doors August 4th of 2014 with 14 kids, and I mean, I'm not saying this because I'm so great, because trust me, I'm not. I'm saying this because that little time of, that span of time right there was nearly an impossibility that God made happen, and then God has brought families to me. God has brought kids. God has brought teachers. I mean, He has done all of that. I have not. But something that seemed so impossible to me, and and he made possible. And, you know, I was thinking about that, and, you know, going forward, that's just my little story, but there are things, every one of you is a Joshua, Like, God has made a plan for every person. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. He has not put you in this spot to be lukewarm. God has put you in a place specifically with the people around you, with the kids in your life, with the adults in your life, with the sojourners in your life, with the people just passing through, with people in your office, with kids in your house, with people you meet at Starbucks. I mean, the Lord ordains all of these things. He's not up there going, oh, I didn't know she was going to go through the drive-thru. Oh, she goes through every day. (laughs) He He knows. 
He knows the impact that you can have. He knows the influence you can have. And you, if you stop and think, what has God dropped as inspiration into your life? You don't have to be a a warrior, because let's face it, that's a little outdated. You're the mom. You're the secretary. You're the manager. You're the sales clerk. You are the homemaker. You're the wife. You're the... You're the husband. You're the kid in the school. You are where you are. And Joshua was was where he was. You have a divine plan. How are you going to accomplish it? What is your sun standstill prayer? What is your, I know this is what you have for me. Now I'm going to need you to do this to get it done. Do you believe that God will honor that? And I don't know that I have, but man, do I want to. Like, I I want so badly to be the mom, to be the wife, to be the, the disciple, to have those stories, to follow through where God wants me to. If that means praying audacious, crazy, seemingly impossible prayers, I want to do it. And I want to believe whether it's healing, it's financial financial, um, provision, it's, um, you know, relationships, it's addictions being broken, it's whatever it is. I want, I want to have that. I want to be on fire for the Lord. And I want our church to have that. I want those things to be passed to my kids. I want them to be passed to your kids, to your grandkids, to the people that you care about. And I believe that the Lord will meet us there. I believe that just like he did it for Joshua, he can do it. I mean, if we're going to be crazy, let's be crazy. And let's do it with some faith. So I'm going to go ahead and pray. I don't even know if I finished my point. There you go. Look at that. Thank you, Mr. David. (laughs) 